It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hello and welcome in to this week's edition of The Walkthrough. I am your host, intern Joe Machika. Big, big, big weekend for South Carolina sports as, you know, Gamecock baseball sweeps or takes the weekend series against Belmont um, by a score of 8-2. They lost the Friday or the Saturday game 2-11. to uh, I'll get to that as well, get in depth with that. Um, and they also, I mean, they run ruled them today 12-1. to um, Looked really good offensively. Get to all that. Men's basketball snapped a two-game losing skid at Ole Miss. Um, looked really, really good. Disciplined as well for men's basketball. I'll also talk about that. And then lastly, Gamecock football. Um, J- losing James Coley, the wide receivers coach, to UGA. That's going to be a big story as we go throughout the week. So wanted to touch on that as well. But um, settle in. Thank you for joining me on the walkthrough. Um, but, yeah, we'll start with Gamecock baseball. Obviously, they didn't start too well, or they started off well. Um, rain delay got him on Friday. Eli Jones started the game off, looked great before the rain hit. Um, had, I believe, three or four strikeouts. And then Tyler Pitzer comes in, steals the show after the delay. Pretty disciplined hitting on Friday as well. Um, so that's a big thing. And then, you know, being able to take that game 8-2 to two after the rain delay, you had an hour-long rain delay that throws a lot of teams off. This Belmont team was really, really, really good coming in. Four and one, I believe, entering this game. Um, so very, very big win. In, in a, in a, excuse me. To, to be able to get it after the rain delay, um, it was very big. Uh, and then so you go Saturday right after the rain on Friday. Um, Dylan Eskew Day, um, you had a chance to, to, to rally back, and he didn't necessarily. Um, you know, you want to flush Saturday's game if you're South Carolina, right? 11-2, you just couldn't get out of your own way in that one. And, you know, those happen. Again, I, I said, you know, Vermont entered the 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 game at 4-1, uh, you know, entered their end of the series at 4-1, lost that one 4-2. Um, you know, they, they were a hot team coming in, so that was a big deal. Um, you know, you finished with nine hits. The big one from, from game two, um, you're, you were 0 for 11 with runners in score, scoring position. You left 13 runners on base. Um, you know, Chris Veach came in to try to, you know, put out fire a bit, and it was too little too late. Veach had a similar afternoon, um, like Dylan Eskew, and, you know, you want to move past that one. Not not the best um, game on Saturday, but, again, he, uh, you know, the Gamecocks rally back 12-1 to 1, um, on Sunday. Today was a very big day. Um, the Beast was awoken offensively. Kennedy Jones, um, an unlikely hero, big day at the plate. Two for four, three RBIs. And a home run. Um, get, or Cole Messina was even better. Uh, two for four, four RBIs and two home runs and a hit-by-pitch for the Moose. Um, yeah, the Beast was awoken completely. Um, and so, I mean, I was really, really excited to see this, this offense. Um, you know, it's they struggled, obviously, on Saturday, especially with runners on base. 
Um, so today to be able to bring them and, and do it in run rule fashion, it's exactly how you want to respond. Coach Kingston was talking about that in his post-game presser. You know, he was like, this is exactly what you want out of your team after, you know, you almost get run ruled on your home field um, on Saturday. So, um, yeah, the pitching wasn't there. They know they're going to be able to get it back. You know, there were some decisions where, you know, the pitching coach um, left it, left Eskew, maybe left Eskew out there a little bit long, maybe left Beach out there a little bit long, but that happens. That's baseball, right? You want to see your guys battle back and be able to, you know, respond and, and keep guys off base and prevent the lead from getting worse. But it, it just wasn't their day um, on Saturday with that. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so similar, again, like I said, similar afternoon for Veach, not, but um, to be able to, you know, do what you did on Sunday, um, you know, Becker and Roman Kimball were great. Um, again, you know, guys who had the ladder injury were, were both ready to go. Um, the, the pair combined for nine strikeouts, um, three apiece. Or no, Beck five strikeouts, and, and Kimball had four, um, and then two walkout or two two walks apiece for the guys. Craig, what is going on? Appreciate you tuning in tonight. Just talking Gamecock baseball to start. If you guys have any questions, comments about Gamecock baseball, please be sure to hit them in the comments. I'll be sure to get to it. Um, as it is just me and I talking everything South Carolina going through the whole weekend that was. Um, you know, but I want to talk about Moose at the dish. Um, it was a really, really bounce back appearance again um, today. Twelve to one, two home runs. Right, that's exactly what you want out of your catcher. Um, you know, when Moose is hit bombs, good things happen, right? Um, and so the, again, very bounce back day. You could tell yesterday it wasn't quite the way he wanted it to go um, behind the dish and you know um, hitting as well. So very big bounce back game. And then again, yeah. Kennedy Jones um, being the star of the show today, you know, the unlikely hero, the, the guy out of the transfer portal that, you know, a lot of guys were looking or a lot of people were looking forward to, you know, making an instant impact in South Carolina, right? Um, he's a guy, I think he finished with 13 home runs. Um, UNC Greensboro, I believe, or UNC Charlotte. Um, and you know, Jones, you were kind of waiting, didn't necessarily get the starting job, but then gets it today. Um, it was very you know, much needed performance for the Gamecocks, you know, woke everyone else up, um, you know, and, and Jones, um, you know, led the, led the game off, uh, you know, and that was big to, uh, to get Blake Jackson some rest. Um, and, 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 you know, Kenny Jones, if he can do that all season, that's a really big deal. He's going to continue to be that guy that's either going to pinch it, be substituted in the rotation when you have guys banged up. Because, again, you can knock on wood all you want here. But, um, you know, you're going to need guys to stay healthy in college baseball. And, uh, you know, you're going to have to go to your rotation, especially in the SEC. And for Kennedy Jones playing as well as his when rotated in is huge. Um, so when you need Kennedy Jones to be good, you will. I, I think the staff had full faith in him to do so, right, um, to, to step up when called upon. He was a transfer, again, kind of headlined transfer class guy with power um, out there in left field. Uh, so it was pretty big deal for Kennedy Jones. And then, yeah, um, Messina, these guys picking up the slack where the rest of the offense lacks, right? Uh, Petri didn't have the best – or Petri, sorry, Petri did have the best – have a good, pretty good day at the plate today, um, three for four as well. Um, and so, uh, you know, base not the best day. Um, but, again, Brewer, two of three. So whenever – you know, there are guys in this line – when this lineup is working efficiently – it's the usuals, um, you know, aren't necessarily hitting well. These guys can, you know, really turn up the volume. I, I thought this weekend series was pretty good from Petri overall. Again, 
you want to wipe the 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 two to eleven game, um, you know, just the entire roster really. But uh, yeah, just pretty all around good series for Gamecock baseball. Um, and then obviously you go into this week, right? You've got the midweek um, against. UNC or you've got the midweek against Gardner Webb, excuse me. Um, so you got to take care of business there. Um, and then you've got Clemson. Clemson this weekend. Clemson will probably enter the the game or the, the weekend series against South Carolina five and one, um, barring disaster against UNC Upstate. That's their midweek game. Clemson's really, really hot. This is gonna be a very big series for both teams. Um, right? I think it's gonna, you know, show how the rest of your season is gonna go. If South Carolina can find a way to win the series against Clemson, you know, be ready for the SEC play. Um, it's going to be a very like you should be excited as 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 it always is, right? If you can beat Clemson, and with the way Clemson has played the last couple of years, this has really been you know kind of a thermometer for how you're going to play, um, you know, throughout the SEC play. Clemson is just as good, if not better, than a lot of te- or a couple teams. I shouldn't say a lot of teams. A couple teams in the SEC, just the way they're playing right now. Obviously, they got they got spanked on Friday night against Kennesaw State, but have since responded on Saturday. They came back from, I believe, it was like eight to four or something like that. So this Clemson team is no joke. Um, I believe it's Cam Canarella. Um, he's their center fielder. He's been doing really well. Um, and so, yeah, you got to watch out for Clemson. If you can find it, if you can sweep Clemson, all hope should be riding high. Obviously, um, you know, you've got one more series before you go to Ole Miss to open up SEC play, but you're looking good, right, uh, if you can find a way to sweep Clemson and just beat them in general. Um, and obviously, you start you start Friday night. It's at Founders Park. you got to find a way to win that one. That atmosphere is going to be electric. I expect it to be a sellout. Um, and you want to host, start it off, start off the series well. Um, we've seen it, I believe, it was last year's series. It was at Clemson. The game got delayed a little bit because of the rain and stuff like that, and the energy just wasn't quite there. I fully expect Founders Park to be rocking, to be the full home field advantage that South Carolina, you know, used last year um, when they got things going in the middle of the stretch. So, um, you know, this very big series against Clemson. Uh, and then, obviously, Saturdays is at Segra Park, um, home of the Columbia Fireflies. That'll be a big game too, right? It'll be interesting to see how loud that place gets. Um, it'll be, you know, the neutral site game, but it is still in Clemson or still in Columbia. Excuse me, William Jones. I hate Clemson. Yeah, absolutely. It is officially Clemson hate week for the baseball team. Um, and so, uh, yeah, absolutely. It's never a bad time to, to talk about Clemson hate week for sure. Um, but yes, no. So you, you have to, if South Carolina can find a way to win this series, it, it means a lot of good things are coming for the baseball team. Uh, but again, it's, it's a long series. Sure. Don't try to get your hopes up. Don't, it doesn't mean necessarily you have to buy your tickets to Omaha um, as soon as you know the final out happens on Sunday. But uh, yeah, if, if they can find a way to do well here, the rest of your season is usually pretty good. Uh, so that pretty much does it for Gamecock baseball talk. If anyone's got anything else, feel free to drop questions, but um, you know, in tough series against Belmont or pretty good rally back tough um, one on Saturday. Um, again, and your pitchers will be fine, right? We know the pitching staff trusts these guys that went out there on Saturday. It's, it's not going to be the last we're going to see of Dylan Eskew and Chris Veach. Um, you know, even though – I mean, Gary Ganey looked great today, and that's exactly what you want to see. You want to see multiple guys out of the bullpen um, being able to do really well. So that that was big. Um, and that's, again, that's everything for Gamecock baseball. It's all, all, all the chips are in on Clemson. Got to take care of Gardner-Webb, but 
whatever happens in that midweek, uh, you know, you need to come ready to play against Clemson because they're going to come just as ready to play, not more ready to play. So um, we'll see. And then we'll, we'll, we'll talk about this next Sunday where we're at uh, with Game Cock Baseball, hopefully, obviously, on the, the winning side of it. Um, but that will do it for Game Cock Baseball talk. South Carolina men's basketball had a really good week, um, you know, or better week. Uh, they were off uh, um, like this week for the midweek games, so they traveled to Ole Miss. They were able to take the game 72 to 59, just a gritty game. You know, they were able to fight through a lot of adversity. Ole Miss was really chippy. Their best player got a flagrant one, um, trying to help Zach Davis. You know, South Carolina was able to keep their heads and just control this one throughout, right? 13 point lead, um, I believe, going into halftime. Ole Miss had basically, I mean, they brought leads back before. They did it on your home floor. So now you're at their place. You kind of expected something to happen. But South Carolina learned from the first time that they played them that this Ole Miss team can really chase the lead if they need to. Um, and so that's a really, really big win for South Carolina. It's it's a it's a big win because you get things back on track, right? So um, huge, um, you know, win to get things back on track for for the men's team. BJ Mack had a great game, seventeen two and two. Um, I, we talked to him on the hard foul this week. I don't know if that's some kind of bump or something, but that was big, seventeen two and two for BJ. And we'll have Zach Davis on next week and. Um, on Thursday at, I believe, 5.30. So that should be a pretty good one. But Zach Davis showed out this week. Um, you know, we knew he matched up well with Ole Miss particularly well because, you know, his length and his ability to run in transition. Um, he finished with 14 points, nine boards, right? Uh, you need guys to be able to adapt. Um, this men's team has shown, just like the women's team as well today. I'll talk about them as well because um, I was covering the game for Chris Wellbaum. But, uh, you know, anybody can step up at any given moment. And Zach Davis, it was his night – or it was his day at, at Ole Miss yesterday. Um, again, the 14 points really stepping up. You know, you needed him the most. Um, was able to make shots, get in the paint, and then rebounding. Rebounding, rebounding was the biggest thing because, you know, your your paint presence was mostly locked up. Josh Gray didn't have the best of games. Um, but, yeah, uh, Zach Davis stepping up when his team needs him the most. And then Kobe Wright's another guy um, I thought also had a really good game. Ten points off the bench. He's been a really, really, really good in support uh, for the guards, for Michi Johnson, Talon Cooper. Um, you know, able to score when those guys aren't necessarily. It's been huge. Um, so Jacoby Wright, another big game. And these role players just keep shining through for Lamont Paris. You, you're going to expect him to get an extension after this season. Um, you know, he's, he's in the running, continues to be in the running for – for coach of the year, he's, he's going to win it in the SEC without any doubt in my mind. Uh, you know, just the way he's taken this South Carolina team, it's a story of the season, right, um, on, on how he's been able to take South Carolina from what it was last season to what they are now, picked dead last to finish the SEC. It's the talk of the town still. And, you know, just because you lost to LSU and you lost to, to Auburn, you know, it doesn't mean the season's over. This squad is still fully invested. The culture is still really, really, really good darn good inside that building and you know it showed it showed on saturday you know the first 72 against Ole miss taking care of business right you, you have to go at texas a&m on tuesday um that's going to be a big game um a&m has kind of a similar resume right another guard heavy team um the resume in terms of wins obviously they haven't won um nearly as many as south carolina just in general but they've beaten kentucky they've beaten tennessee 
they're in a losing skin as of late. They've lost, I believe, their last four. Um, and that, both of those, one of them to Bama, one of them to Kentucky, on convincing fashion. And then they, they lost by one to Vandy. That was right after they beat Tennessee. And then um, they also lost to Arkansas by a couple points. So, you know, be, they, this team has to be ready for A&M, um, you know, because they're going to give them a really good game. And then after that, right, you get to come home. So you have to take care of business on the road. They, this team knows this. It's a really, really big game at A&M. They can beat you, right, if, if, you're, if you're not careful. So got to bring your A game, and then you can kind of relax. You've got Florida. <laughs> not necessarily relax because Florida is a big game too, and they're, they're a really good team as well. But Florida and Tennessee at home, you get a little bit of home cooking. You've got seniors. Well, it's going to be big for this team. You've got a lot of seniors, a lot of guys going pro. Um, so that'll be big. Um, but, you know, you have to take care of business on the road at A&M. Do your job, right? And then, you know, that makes the, the tournament conversation, that makes the SEC tournament conversation a whole lot easier. And then you get to come home, play in front of your home fans for the last two times of the season before you head off into tournament play. You know, you're making both tournaments. I, in, ter- in my opinion, you're making both tournaments as of now, right? Um, you know, I, I think without any doubt, I, obviously you make the SEC regardless, but um, I believe you should, as of now, be playing on Thursday or Friday um, where they sit. So still in really good position, still also in, in decent position to, to finish in the top five in the SEC, I believe. So that's big. This men's basketball team needed this win. Um, they were able to get it. Um, and then A&M, I guess, a couple more scouting notes on A&M. Wade Taylor, the fourth, is their leading scorer. He's got 18 points per game. Again, another guard-heavy team in the SEC. Tyrese Radford also averaging 10. Um, so watch out for that. I mean, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not concerned about Talon Cooper and Michi Johnson's ability to guard these guys. They've shown it in the past. They showed it again on Saturday. Um, so no real concern with the guards at A&M. But, um, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see. Jay Diz, what up, Gamecock fam? I, I missed the start. I was walking dog. People look great with the rested legs. Yeah, absolutely. And what you missed, I mean, I, I just went through the baseball series. If you got any baseball notes – I feel free to drop them in the comments. I'll talk to to those um, whenever. Um, but yeah, so currently on basketball. But yeah, again, we talked about the baseball series. It was really good. Um, you know, again, I was really impressed with uh, you know Kimball and Becker. But um, if you again, if you guys missed it, feel free to watch the replay of this on YouTube as well. Um, but so yeah, Tennessee and Florida coming back home. We talked about that a little bit, but. You need to respond against Tennessee. Beat them if you can beat Tennessee twice in a season. Beat the clean sweep. That's huge for your team. Um, and then, yeah. So that's pretty much the men's basketball talk too. Um, I do want to talk Gamecock football as well. Uh, James Coley, the the wide receivers coach, is leaving for UGA. That's going to be a big talk this week on 107.5 The Game, the Gamecock Central shows as well. I'm sure we'll talk about it plenty on Tuesday. Um, but so just kind of getting into it. I mean, this is tough for Shane Beamer and, and his team, right? And his coaching staff. I mean, you basically, you tried to upgrade at the position and you got, you know, left for, for the big dog. The big dogs are going to come around, come knocking. And, you know, South Carolina kind of got left in the dirt here. Um, yeah, Jay Davis, Coley stuff is crazy. Absolutely. Right. It, it's, it's really hard to, to swallow that, you know, Georgia is, a bigger dog and, and, and just a bigger program and more attractive job at the end of the day, right? Shane tries to go out of his way 
and, you know, make an upgrade at a coach where the other guy would not to ding on coach step, but, you know, you could tell he was kind of out of it for the, for the back half of his tenure at South Carolina. And then you move into tight ends coach and he's really not invested. So then you go out, you try to upgrade and then he gets UGA, the big dog swoop in and steal, you know, your upgrade. It's, it's really, really hard to, you know, continue and, and have success when you try to do that. That's life in the SEC. That's life in, in football at the moment, right? We know Coach Coley has a history at UGA. Um, he was on Kirby Smart's initial staff at UGA. Um, the history is there, right? And, and you know, it's a more attractive job at South Carolina, excuse me, right now because, you know, UGA has been dominating college football. And we know how the, the history they have with, with Kirby. And so it's like, I mean, it's a, it was it a no brainer. Like it, it is a no brainer because again, of the history that, you know, coach Coley has with Kirby. And then again, Georgia is a bigger dog. This is going to happen, right? This is just the hard pill that you have to swallow if you're South Carolina, you're going to get outbid by those teams. You have, it, I mean, it takes years and years to rebuild a program up to that standpoint. Georgia certainly did that. And now they're coming in to, to collect, right? Um, Jay Diss says, go find another G5 head coach and offer good money. Yeah, it's certainly not out of the question, right? This search is going to be something we're talking about. Um, and, and, you know, we can talk possibilities here as well, but I'll get to the search in a sec. But, yeah, it's the the options are going – the short list, I'm sure, is really short because you need to get on this search, right? It needs to be a very fast, quick, easy search, um, you know, for your next wide receivers coach. Um, you have spring ball coming up. It's you need to get a consistent force in the building. That's what you were trying to do. Um, you know, you had everyone hired. It seemed like and you were good to go into spring ball. Guys are working out. You know, you had a consistent force. And, you know, at the end of the day, you were trying to wake up the wide receiver room. You were trying to wake up the wide receiver room. You know, the play, you know, hadn't quite been where, um, you know, you want it. Right. And and so, you know, again, with Coach Step, obviously he was, we, we brought up that, you know, before moving to tight ends coach, there needed to be an adjustment there, right? Especially in his last couple of years. Great for the first couple of years, but then, you know, slowly kind of fell off at the end. So you wanted to bring in somebody to wake up this wide receivers. Coach Coley was the answer for that. And obviously now he's the answer for Georgia, um, you know, who's looking for another wide receivers coach, I believe. as, as the I believe that's a role he's filling in. But, um, you know, this isn't Shane's fault either, right? This is This has nothing to do with, with Shane Beamer, um, you know, it, it's it's not his fault. Again, I, I've talked about the history that Coley has with with Kirby, um, it, but you know, sh- just because you know sh- Shane got or Coley left Shane for 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 Kirby and UGA does not mean it's it was in his control, right? It's a more attractive offer, playing in school at the end of the day. Um, and South Carolina also had a little bit more room or has a, has a lot more room to grow than Georgia does, right? You're if Coach Coley in Georgia walks into a, a loaded room with five stars across the board, right? He has talent. There is no issue recruiting at Georgia. There's zero, right? He can find talent. It's very easy to find talent at Georgia, and there's already plenty of talent in the room, like, right? It, it's a no-brainer. And at South Carolina, I'm not saying that you have talent, uh, but you one thing you do need to do is, like, you have a lot of developing guys. Nick Harbour is, you know, your most proven talent. A laptop and live TV with without a guest. Uh, you love it, but um, you know it's 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 interesting. Um, you know, so and then bird to fly. As I'm going to get to this in a second, but so uh, after I finish this, 
wide receivers playing. Um, you know, you had to wake it up and, you know, Coach Step wasn't the answer for that. And then, you know, now Coach Coley was the answer. Yeah, uh, there's, there's a little bit more development to hit. You know, um, Harbor needs to develop, needs to prove himself a little bit more. And then you need to go out with Crazy Bennett's going to take some time to adjust to the SEC. That 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 happens. It's, you know, you need – it's going to take some time. And and that happens, right? You're still a very young program at South Carolina. You need to develop it. it there are years and years and years – it takes of work and recruiting and, and, and being at the top and five, six, seven win seasons that you need to, ha- to be able to recruit whoever you want. Right. And South Carolina was building to that. And then coach Coley sees Georgia with five stars loaded up and down the board, you know, um, and being able to recruit like a similar pitch to what Pete Golding used to say at Alabama. It's like, I come play for the best coach in the country right now. And I think, you know, Kirby's earned that right with Saban out of the game, at least for right now. Um, you know, come play for the best coach of the country at the best SEC school and the best conference, right? It's a no-brainer. Um, so is it's it's similar. It's it's a very easy recruiting coach at Georgia. Um, and and just you know, it makes sense for Coach Coley. Um, Jay Diz says we need a guy that can really coach the wide receiver position. The wide receiver room needs basic skills taught properly. Yeah, definitely. Like it, the fundamentals were were a big thing for this wide receiver room, right? had talent and it was more of just being a dog, right? Being a like true wide receiver, just, you know, consistency was a big thing in this point. Jake did um, as well. But yeah. I'll get, I'll get back to that in a second. But, just bird, but bird to fly ass was Jones getting the start over Jackson today and audition for the lead spot. If so, I think Jones passed the test. Yeah. I mean, I certainly think it was um, up for the question. I think, you know, Blake Jackson needed a, you know, needed a day off. He'd been playing a lot, played in every game to this point, I believe. You know, didn't have the best day on Friday and Saturday, but Jackson is, you know, we've talked about it on foul balls as well. Uh, you know, Jackson's your true leadoff hitter. He can hit for power. He's fast. He can run. He can swipe bags. It's a pretty big deal for, uh, you know, for, for Jackson to be able to continue that. But you you, you got to give him a day off. Jones, I think, you know, the best spot that you could see him in is, you know, potentially leading off, um, I, you know, Jackson was good in left field as well. Yeah, Brewer center, but it's it's going to be a rotation, right? I think it is going to be a competition from here on out to see, you know, who can lead off. I think obviously Jones doesn't have as much speed as Jackson, but, um, you know, he's – Kennedy Jones is more of a, a Kyle Schwarber style leadoff hitter. You know, big, can lead off for power, true in left field. Jackson brings a little bit of both to that. Um, you know, Jackson certainly isn't as fast as, as a as Dylan Brewer or will will tip it. But again, he gets a job done in the leadoff hole. He can swipe a bag if you need him to. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's interesting, uh, Bird to Fly. I will say this, um, watching these two kind of duke it out to see who's going to be the starter in right or in left. Uh, it's going to be interesting, right? Because Kennedy Jones, again, like you said, he passed the test um, in his first um, audition for the leadoff spot. So, um, I, I, both guys are really good. You have, it's, it's, it's never a bad problem to have to, uh, you know, have too many options. Right. And you just want to find the best ones that work when you get into SEC play. And, you know, when you get into SEC play, having options that are, you know, hot too, like, you know, coming off the bench, I think, you know, regardless of who starts to be able to have guys that are, you know, continuing to hit well off of the bench is key, right? Because, you know, you're going to hit slumps. There will be slumps in this schedule. You know, players are going to run dry. 
there are going to be slumps in this schedule where, you know, players aren't, you know, having the best offensive success. So when you have guys that can rotate in that are hitting well already, um, it, it makes a world of a difference, right? And we talk about that for the pitching staff as well. You know, Becker and Kimball went today. Um, I would expect Becker to slide into that role for the starter starting role for SQ um, next weekend against Clinton. Um, but we'll, we'll see. Um, but in fully, I fully expect SQ to either come out of the bullpen or start the midweek game against, uh, not Webb, um, but the midweek game is after Clemson. So this, they, they'll have a full bullpen when they get there as well. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I liked what Jones, like what we saw from Jones today. He was a spark that they needed. Saucy Ken, as he's known on the Twitter streets, the, the guy has so much drip. And so happy for the kid to step up. And I think we'll, he is a guarded trust athlete, so we'll be sure to get him on foul balls as well. So be, be sure to stay tuned for that as well. Um, but going back to Jay Diz's comment here, uh, we need a guy that can really coach a wide receiver position. The wide receiver room needs the basic skills taught properly. Yeah. Excuse me. I've got a cold as well. Uh, so appreciate you guys bearing with me here. But, um, yeah, so it, uh, where were we? So, yeah. Um, the wide receiver room, you know, again, you need a spark. You need a guy that's going to be able to go in there and recruit, um, you know, somebody ideally with NFL experience. And um, you want this search to happen quickly. I don't think Shane's going to be messing around um, with this wide receiver search. Um, and again, this kind of thing is, you know, it, it happens in modern day. I think it's going to talk of the t- talk of the town this week. And, and the promotion and, and, and who you're going to, you know, go get. But then, you know, and you want this hire to be the last hire that you make this offseason. Plain and simple. You need it to be the last hire you make this offseason. Um, so that's that's huge. And you want to be able to d- develop talent. Um, I think that's another big thing. And um, recruiting, re- what this comes down to is, is recruiting and being able to develop and the fundamentals, right? Because you have a lot of – you know, again, young receivers, Nick Harbour's sprinting right now. Um, and so you're going to need a guy, a coach that's going to be able to shake hit a fire under some of these guys' rear ends because you have a lot of guys. You have the competition factor already, right? You have a lot of talented guys. So now you just need to trade them. Make sure it's like healthy competition. Make sure you're getting the most out of your guys, right? Because them competing against each other only goes so far. You need to add to the competition. Make sure that the competition is always there throughout the year, right? I think – you know, there were points in the year where the wide receivers, you know, looked good. They looked like competing, playing well, playing hard. And then, you know, it just kind of fell off. This team would kind of go in ruts um, in certain position groups where the consistency would just fall off the face of the earth, right? And so that's what you're seeing this offseason is Shane going to hire guys that help with the consistency aspect of everything, right? The consistency. You need to continue to play well from point A to point B. Right, as soon as obviously from the start of your season to the end of it, but um, and it, it, there there's a good consistency and a bad consistency, but you can't just you know show up and then have your team fall off the face of the earth and your fishing group fall off the face of the earth. South Carolina has been they did that last season. That's that was kind of how that team looked, and so now you need coaches that are all going to be on board, that everyone's going to be bought in, and you know you 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 have to restart. You know you had a reshuffling of the deck. Internally, you know, from a coaching staff standpoint to a positions of need standpoint, from a recruit standpoint, um, and, and transfer portal guys, you again, you you weed out the guys who are going to be toxic or you know we're potentially going to be toxic in that off season as well. So, um, you know, 
spring ball is going to be interesting. It's, it's coming up. Um, obviously, the spring game being on April 20th. So um, it's really close. Practice kicks up here in a couple of weeks. Um, I, I don't know if this week, next week. Um, but you need a you need a wide receivers coach at the end of the day, and that's that's going to be a big deal. Um, so, yeah, I we'll, we'll call this the midweek or the uh, the midpoint. I, I do want to talk to you guys about our ads really quickly. First off, our good friends over at Liberty Tax. It's tax season, so I'll talk to you guys about our good friends over at Liberty Tax. Tax ID is an uncertain thing you get right before doing your taxes, but you have to go on. The tax team at Liberty Tax in Irmo, Lexington, and Columbia walked through the process. Clear up any confusion and guarantee you'll get the biggest possible refund or money back. It's tax time. If you're in a hurry for a refund, call in the tax team at Liberty, Liberty Tax. They're fast, accurate, guaranteed. On the other hand, if you think you might be owing Uncle Sam, talk to the Liberty Tax team to make sure you're not paying more than you should owe. They'll find every possible deduction for you. Locally owned and operated, staffed by tax professionals from your neighborhood. Open 9 and 9 on weekdays and 9 5 on Saturdays with multiple service options. Start through the Liberty Tax mobile app or through the desktop portal. Make an appointment or just walk in. Give a call to upload your tax documents. And when you come in, your turn will be ready to review and sign. Give them a call on your screen right now. And for those listening, 803-462-5576. Once again, 803-462-5576 for all of your tax needs this tax season. And then this show is also brought to you by our good friend, Clint Hammond of the Movement Bridge Network. He's above us on all of our Gamecock Central live programming. Give them a call in need of help with your mortgage. Give her a good call on our good friend, Clint Hammond of the Movement Mortgage Network. Been in the mortgage industry since 2003, which allows them to help everyone from the first time home buyer to the complicated and complex jumbo buyer, whether you're looking to purchase a new home or refinance. Nothing is more important than a well thought out financial strategy that comes with five star customer service. He's even helped out our very own Wes Mitchell and former Gamecock quarterback, Perry Orr their mortgages so give our guy clinic call 803-771-6933 again he's above us on all of our game cox central live programming 803-771-6933 that's our guy clint hammond give him a call and excuse me i've got i've got a cold so thank you guys for bearing with me tonight um that pretty much oh i do we do have to talk about the women's basketball team too because they won pretty convincingly um in in uh or lexington today william jones says complacency absolutely are you are you talking about the wide receiver room uh if you want to clear that up for me i'd be happy to talk about it more but yeah i i think that's what you're talking about and yeah i i would agree you know there's a couple complacency you know just in general with that wide receiver room they and throughout last season they're kind of just happy with they were at you know and, and and if they wanted to make a play they would go out there and do it but you know if they didn't feel like it they kind of just didn't Right, we saw that at Missouri. That was kind of where it stood out the most to me last season. You know, you were just kind of complacent with where you were at. Nick Harbor had a good game, right? And it's everyone was happy for the young guy, but you waited four quarters and three quarters, three and a half quarters, whatever it was, to turn that up, right? So you know, complacency is one thing for sure. William it says your wide receivers should look good running routes and be able to block and catch. We shouldn't only have two or three guys that can perform well. Yeah, I agree. And you need guys, you know, constantly stepping up. Uh, what we saw from a practice standpoint, because we know how, you know, in, if you play well in practice, you're going to play well or play in the game and play well in the game most likely. But, um, excuse me. Um, so if you're going to play, play, play well, you can play in the game. So, um, you know, we've seen South Carolina, these wide, some of these wide receivers, you know, be in and out of the lineup. I look at Ellie Ellis last year, right? 
you know, had had a couple games where he was starting to look like he was things were going put getting put together, and then just all of a sudden wasn't really a factor, right? So it's I don't know if it's a depth standpoint, if it, if that was a coaching thing with Step and just how they were you know evaluating guys, but you need more consistency out of your wide receivers, and you need guys to be able to practice consistently and just you know have you what you want is like three to five guys that you can really rely on from, you know, a week to week basis. You obviously with a five man basis and a five man rotation of guys stepping up, that's you, those are really consistent forces. And there's, there's, a, there's enough room for five guys in that wide receiver room to have playing time and, and be stepping up and helping each other. And sure. Maybe there's one week a freshman gets in and goes off, you know, a Maisie Bennett or an underclassman type, um, that has a good week. Yeah, no, Jay Diz, I, I agree. Um, you know, two or three guys, you need f- like three to five, uh, you know, if you want to have success in the SEC. Because if one guy's not having the best day, and sure, they're going to be marking up on Nick Harbour, and right, everyone's got their number one on defense, their number one cornerback on defense, and so they're going to be marking up. But um, that's, that's, again, it's, it's big because um, if you can have four to five guys, four to five guys that can just step up on a week to week basis, we talk about this. I, it feels similar with the basketball team. It's what the football team, I mean, it's just where you're at at South Carolina, right? You're not going to have the big, massive five star across the board type mentality. You're going to need role players and special and, and, and players that were doubted in high school and stuff like that to step up when needed. Um, and there are a lot of high ceiling guys in the receiver room. Now you just need to go find a coach that can, you know, continue that run right so it's the same thing with football so you're in an interesting spot this offseason is very a very very big one for Shane Beamer right because you're coming off of your worst season yet um and I'm not to say that they're running out of excuses but you you had some banged up and some injuries last season that you shouldn't have and again barring any you know you never want to wish injuries on on anybody or anything like that that's not what I was saying but um knock on wood that the injuries hold off but uh, you know, this is, it's do or die time. You are assembling your staff to, you know, have them take the mumps if you need to, and then be ready to go next season. Um, right. Because it's, it's prove it's getting close to prove it time. You're three, year four. Um, it's, it's the time is ticking, right. And if you don't have success in the season, you know, you're going to be on the hot seat. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see. Uh, but then, okay. So yeah, I did. I was talking about the women's basketball team. We'll brush over that as well. Um, they scored 103 or uh, yeah, 103. I think uh, I, I covered it. I just can't remember off the top of my head. I closed everything. Um, let's see, women's bas- South Carolina women's basketball. They they beat Kentucky. They had 30 assists today, which is just a ridiculous number. Um, you know, the first half they pulled away, and then you know Kentucky really didn't show any fight. But you know, South Carolina shooting slowed down a little bit, and then out comes Malaysia for Wiley. She just you know had a terrific game off the bench she had 14 i think she finished with 14 and you know she she quickly in that series in the first second quarter 103 to 55 was a final today um and so really just dominating effort out of the women's team you don't really you didn't really expect anything um you know if you're south carolina or don staley so that was a very very big deal uh being able to just control the pace in that second quarter you know, the shooting never really slowed down either. They were shooting – I think they finished 66%. They were shooting 80% from three throughout this game. And then, obviously, a couple couple attempts when the game was already over. It didn't go quite your way. But, um, man, oh, man, like this team really, really darn good. 
And so, um, you know, it was a route in Kentucky. Um, and then they had six players in figures for South Carolina. Shout out to Gamecocks Online for that stat. Bree Hall led all scores. Full Wiley, again, she finished with 17 off the bench. Full Wiley was 12 of 12 from the free throw line. Um, really, really good day um, for South Carolina through or from the free throw line. And then another thing I did want to talk about with this team is you were so you're missing Cardoso, one of your best players, right? Um, for depth, um, and, and or because she was she was resting, she had a long you know, trip with Brazil, just making sure that she can re- recoup and, and prepare to be able to take this thing down, down uh, the stretch and in, into March Madness through the SEC tournament. You're, you're the best team in the country without any doubt, um, and you should be able to take wire to wire. Um, and so to be able to rest Cardoso today and do what she did was was awesome, right? Um, everyone stepped up. This team is really, really, really good. And it's crazy to think. Obviously, the main thing with the team with this team is like you lost all the freshies, um, right? So, and then you you're, you're stepped up with all of the young guns that Don Staley has recruited to to, to just come out and play basketball. Um, so it's it's really big. But yeah, this def- the defensive uh, efforts on from from the guards and just everybody was great. South Carolina, I believe they finished with um, ten blocks and eleven steals. It was crazy because Tahina Pow Pow and Raven Johnson started the block party off right. They both got had blocks of their own um, early on in this game and just set the tone from the start. Right, it was it was really big effort on the defensive end for Dawn squad. And, you know, they took care of business as you expected them to um, at Kentucky. And, you know, they continue to roll uh, throughout the rest of their schedule. And I, I don't, I don't see anyone that's going to stop this team, especially if they can play like they do. Obviously you worry um, if, you know, is this team going to lose? Like, Oh boy, like, do they need to lose? Is another question. I think this team has had their fair share of scares, um, but I don't think, you know, to say that they're good enough to lose, right? I like it's, or they're bad enough to lose. It's, it's, it's a crazy take, but, but here we are, right? Um, at this point in the season, you, you, you finish, you, you are now 27 and 0, 14 and 0 in the SEC. Don Saley gets a 600 first career win as a head coach. Um, and you continue your run with the SEC. Obviously, the game this week was South Carolina capping off their their share of the SEC title. So, all good stuff. All good stuff for South Carolina women's basketball. The queens of the court continue to dominate, and I expect it to continue. Um, they looked really good. Bree, Breezy Hall, um, again, way to step up. Uh, but these guards are really, really, really good, man. I've always been impressed with Raven Johnson, Bill Wiley. Tahina Pow Pow can just make it rain from three. It's ridiculous the 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 capabilities of this team. And you know, they make it look effortless. Close kits also really, really darn good. Sanaya Fagan as well. Um, you know, this team just kind of went on their own little runs. They trust each other to shoot the basketball, and it's it's paying off. Um, and and you can't really talk um or say anything bad about this team, right? Obviously, they showed in a couple games, but that was when the shooting went dry. Um, but they found ways to win. And now you're seeing like when everyone just pops off and they go get theirs um, and bear the ball, trust somebody to get hot. Everybody on this team is a freaking microwave. Um, they can go off at any moment. So yeah, it's going to be a fun, fun, you know, run through the SEC tournament and then through the NCAA tournament. I expect them to win it all. Um, knock on wood. I didn't, you know, I don't want anyone to at me for jinxing the women's basketball team, but should be good to go. Um, yeah, William, absolutely. Go Lady Gamecocks, rooting for them. Um, and 
fully expect them to take things all the way. Um, but that will do it um, for this week's edition of the walkthrough. Um, you know, no guests this week, so I appreciate everyone bearing with me. I've got a little bit of a cold coming on. Um, but so, yeah, doing this solo with no guest uh, can be a little tricky, but appreciate everyone tuning in. It was, it was fun. We made it through the Gamecock weekend. And, uh, you know, be sure to stay tuned. We got a lot of stuff coming at you this week. Uh, Mike and I will be live for talking Tuesdays. Um, Wednesday, we will have um, the hard foul, I believe. And, and then uh, our foul balls possibly on Tuesday. We're doing the hard foul on Thursday evening. We will have Zach Davis, um, South Carolina forward side. Zach Davis on the show. Um, that's going to be a lot of fun So be sure to join Jack Veltri and I for that. And then foul balls, obviously, to recap the baseball series pre-Clemson as well. Um, and then plenty of content. We're going to be doing the um, Gamecock Central post-game show uh, for the for the Clemson series. So that's going to be good um, to have you, you know, everything you need to know from, the, from Gamecock baseball at Clemson. So be sure to stay tuned. Appreciate everyone for tuning in tonight. Um, and then also for all the love with the promotion with Gamecock Central. I've, I've been hearing the love these last couple of days. It means the world, right? Seeing everyone, to those of you that came up to me, said something at Founders Park. Uh, it means the world uh, to, to have, you know, such a, such quite a, uh, you know, a community like, like Gamecock Central. Is my, again, my nose is running away here. So I uh, appreciate you guys bearing with me on this Sunday night. Um, and I hope you guys have a really, really, really good week. Um, and I will see you guys later this week, next week, more content to come, more fun stuff with Gamecock Central. So appreciate you guys.